This is Inside Lakeside, Episode 3. I'm your host, Chris Slayton, broadcast media teacher here at Lakeside High School. This week is a conversation with Tony Scott in her 28th year as a PE teacher at Lakeside Primary School. Tony has spent her entire educational career here at Lakeside. We talked about the lack of PE classes when she was in school and how that made her want to become a PE teacher. Soon, uh, we didn't have it in elementary school. Our teacher took us out. Well, I sound like I'm talking from the Stone Angels, <laughs> but our teacher took us outside for like 20 minutes and we had some jump ropes and some hula hoops and that was our PE. We talked about how she watches her favorite TV shows. Current TV show, you can't miss um, on the DVR. What do you watch? Well, I don't have a DVR. And Wait, hold I, on. You don't have a DVR? I don't have a DVR. So how do you watch those shows if you don't have a DVR? I mean, they're they have on cable. Okay. They they're okay. on cable. They have repeat shows. We talked a lot about family. I have two children I gave birth to. I have two children I married, and I have a nephew slash son that has lived with me off and on most of his life. So I've raised five boys. When one of the boys was defending the family name. And so when I found out about it, I went to his classroom and she saw me at the door and came out the door, shut the door and said, do not get him in trouble at home. He was defending your honor. (laughs) And she shared about one of her kids who needed some help. Went to Teen Challenge. That was the best thing ever for him. He turned his life around. He is now our biggest success, we say, because um, he, he, he really, Uh, was in a place in his life to where he had hit bottom. And some advice for parents in similar situations. Stray, it's not the end. Um, If if I believe if a child sees that there's love, even though there's rules and expectations and boundaries, they may stray a little bit, but they'll come back. And so I would say always have hope. uh, you, they're not defined by the actions that they're taking right now. You know, you don't define a kid by the times they screw up. You define them by their achievements and the goals that they have, and you just keep uh, pushing them. I think you have to push them toward the, the right path. I was trying to figure out if I taught you. Did you go through the I primary? Did. I did. I think I was in kindergarten in 86. So okay. I probably would have been out before. Because I started out teaching kindergarten through sixth grade first. Okay. And like my oldest so I was born sixth grade. In 81. Like Lane and Trusty was a sixth grader when I first started. Okay, he's a year behind me. Okay. Oh, so I just yeah, missed you. You just missed me. All right. Yeah. You well, and Miss Self. I did Miss Self earlier, and she got here like in 2000. I graduated in 99. Yeah, okay. So. Yep. Yeah. But you had Ray and Art, right? I had Ray and Art, yes. Yeah, because yeah, Art and Ethan were the same age. Okay, yeah. that's right. I knew that. All right, so I just want to start with kind of like your background. Just super easy. Um, high school, where you were, what happened, where you went, college, all that good stuff. Well, I started at Lakeside in first grade. We didn't have kindergarten back then. And so I went all the way through 12th. So I am a Lakeside graduate. After that, I went to um, Garland County for a year. Uh, well, I guess it's National Park now. Yeah. And uh, I, I took off two years to work. I started teaching gymnastics back when I was 12. And so I taught gymnastics 
For 14 years. But in between there, I went back to school at Henderson, got my teaching degree, and I've been teaching at Lakeside. I'm going into my 28th year. Oh, wow. So you've been here the whole time? Yeah. Man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming, I mean, are there any other teachers that are still here when you were here? Jody Baker. Okay. And Elizabeth Robertson. That's yeah. right. They were here when I started. Miss Catlett, you know, she she left, so she was my buddy from the beginning, but yeah. Yeah. Gymnastics, you started, you were coaching, teaching gymnastics at 12? I started helping, Peggy Thorne was the gymnastics coach here, and I was on the gymnastics team. Lakeside had a great gymnastics team. And I'm not saying I was great, but uh, the team was good, and Peggy Thorne was the coach, and she needed two helpers. And so uh, Carla Bean, Rogers, and I started helping her right after school. And uh, I made two fifty an hour. I thought I was rich. And I started teaching uh, with her. It was really through the YMCA. And so uh, I left. Um, we, we, we actually did uh, the classes down in the old gym, the historic gym, mm -hmm. before it was redone. Yeah. And, um, the bubbled floor. Yeah. And the ceiling tiles that were missing in the mm -hmm. ceiling, yeah. And um, but then I took over uh, the YMCA program and taught gymnastics there. Coached the team for two years. Decided I'm, I'm a much better teacher than I am coach. And um, I helped Becky Garner open up Hot Springs Gymnastics. I okay. left the Y and went with Becky to open up Hot Springs Gymnastics and play by play. And uh, did that, all that for 14 years, and then started teaching PE at Lakeside. Oh, wow. So you did that prior to coming on at yes. Lakeside? Yes. Like I think I career. was, yeah, it was. Uh, for, for one year, I was kind of trying to teach gymnastics and teach here at Lakeside, and I just couldn't do it all. So, yeah, I quit the gymnastics and, and uh, focused on my PE career. Um, you come to Lakeside... Let's see here. How was that? What was that process like? Did you interview? What was your first? I imagine going. Well, it probably wasn't too different going from a gym to actually being in a PE class. You probably it's different from someone going to from a business to a classroom setting. Right. But were there some bumps in the roads? What was the the process like? Well, I had actually interviewed for um, a the PE position for the intermediate building in uh, the fall of '92, I think. And I didn't get that job, and I was I was heartbroken. And they hired Joe Hornbeck as a PE art teacher, which she was so talented. Yeah. And it was you know looking back on that, God had His hand the whole way through because that fall, my both of my boys uh, had had gotten the chicken pox and they had gotten sick, and there were just different things along the way that would have prevented me from really focusing, you know, my first year as a teacher. Well, a uh, primary position came open that following January, and I interviewed with several teachers and principals that I had taught their children gymnastics. So mm -hmm. they all knew me, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I got that job, and it was the perfect job for me. It's exactly where I needed to be. God knew that, and I look back on it now, and I'm thankful that I didn't get that first job when I interviewed at Lakeside. Yeah. And 
Again, that's, not, that's a, such a cool perspective. Sometimes we think we want or need something. Or exactly. Or if the door closes, it's not necessarily the end of the road. Right. You know, there's always, a, I interviewed, I think, two or three times the middle school before I got the high school job, you know. But it definitely works out for yeah. the better. Oh, absolutely. You went to, you said Garland County, and then you went to Henderson. Yes. And you got your, your physical education degree? Yes. Right? PE degree, uh, minor in health, and a coaching certificate. Okay, so why why that path? What? Truly, um, I never had PE in school. As soon uh, we didn't have it in elementary school, our teacher took us out. Well, I sound like I'm talking from the Stone Ages, <laughs> but our teacher took us outside for like 20 minutes, and we had some jump ropes and some hula hoops, and that was our PE. And um, I was so focused on gymnastics uh, that um, I didn't ever go to a junior high PE class. I was in gymnastics during that time on the team, and I felt like I missed out on a lot of sports. I played um, softball through church and um, played some volleyball through church, but I never really uh, competed in school in anything other than gymnastics. So I really wanted that experience. I wanted to... to um, to experience all the the sports that were out there, and I wanted every kid to to experience those same things. Yeah. So that's why I went into PE. What if you could identify or talk about one teacher that had a major impact on you, or or someone as you were growing up that really influenced you? Willie Hooks. Mr. Hooks was the math teacher in the high school, and um, he was one of those teachers that. He didn't have to demand your respect because he earned your respect, I suppose. And one of the things that sticks out in my mind is uh, he would tell us, you know, you're adults. If you want to go to the bathroom, get up and go, but don't ever uh, uh, misuse my trust because once you do that, you know, uh, it's over with me. And so nobody ever misused his trust. And I guess he, he respected the students. Um, he would have, um, he taught, um, uh, uh, trying to think of what comes before calculus. I, I have no idea. I took them all. I took AD calculus. I, yeah, I couldn't tell you. I didn't take calculus, but I took right before that. Trigonometry? Trigonometry, yeah. It was trigonometry, and I remember um, uh, struggling a little bit with that, and he would have you come in at lunch, and he would break it down. You know, he'd ask me, you know, what kind of car do you have? Oh, I had a 71 Camaro. And so he would use that Camaro in the situations to help me understand the, you know, the, the aspects that I was not understanding. So, I mean, he was just real down to earth. He respected us. We respected him highly. Um, he was just an all-around great teacher. Yeah. Talking about education, so what is, do you have any or have one like aha moment? Like this is why I do what I do. This is why I'm here. A student or, or something, I don't know. There was a little boy oh, 20 years ago, uh, back when I was outside teaching for 20 years, um, that came to school, he cried every day. And we were doing a football unit, and I was having him kick off a tee. And he kicked, and I believe he was in kindergarten, he kicked the best kick. And I praised him, and I had the football coach 
come down and I said, this is your future ram right here. And I wanted him to watch this little boy kick. And he kicked this beautiful kick. And that boy didn't cry when he came to school anymore. And that was the probably the defining moment for me that you just have to find that little niche, whatever it is, and uh, uh, accentuate it for that kid and uh, build them up. And um, that, that's how you can reach them. Wow, that's, that's awesome. So tell me about your family. Well, I have two children I gave birth to. I have two children I married. And I have a nephew slash son that has lived with me off and on most of his life. So I've raised five boys. Oh, wow. Um, very uh, challenging as far as putting two families together, but it was all worth it. Um, three of them are getting, two of them have already gotten married this summer. One will be getting married in October. Wow, big year. Yeah, big year. It's been a crazy summer. Um, they're all... Um, Great. One of them is a microbiologist. Justin is my oldest. Um, Ethan is assistant track coach at UCA. He married the assistant strength coach at UCA. She's a little bit of dynamite. Yeah. And um, uh, Carter, one of the twins, Mike had twins. My husband had twins. Mm -hmm. um, Carter is a supply chain in supply chain management for Maverick Trucking. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Uh, Mason is, uh, he's the other twin. He is a fireman in Hot Springs. And my nephew, Chris, uh, that, like I said, off and on, lived with me most of his life, he owns Bath Planet. So they're all on these great career paths. They all have these wonderful girls in their life, except Mason, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, so. Mike and I have been married 17 years. Okay. And five boys. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so you're a blended family. We're we also are. a blended family, and yeah. that's definitely a unique set of challenges. Exactly. And how you can do it. You put God in the middle of anything, and you can do it. Yeah. And it's all been worth it. Well, that's yeah. fantastic. So I, I, I gleaned some stories from some other people. Oh, my. So uh, one of the questions was, um, what, what did Ethan do when someone called you Miss Turpinhead? <laughs> <laughs> Ethan was on the playground. Uh, I think he was in first grade, and a little girl call, uh, said something to him about Miss Turpinhead, and he punched her in the nose. <laughs> Bloodied, first grade. First grade. Bloodied her nose, and uh, his teacher was Janice Carhart, and she took the appropriate action with him. And so when I found out about it, I went to his classroom, and she saw me at the door and came out the door, shut the door, and said, do not get him in trouble at home. He was defending your honor. <laughs> and, you know, I kind of thought, yeah, he was. But yeah. still, when he got home, he uh, got big-time trouble for hitting a girl. And But, yes, he was defending my honor. Well, that that's kind of what... You hope boys would do it at some point. Exactly. But why not? Not punch a girl punch in the nose. Yeah. But yes, he was on the right track. Yeah. He was just a little impulsive. <laughs> Tell me about, um, I had another story fed to me um, about Mary-Kate Folds and about um, recycling can tops. Wow. You're reaching way back. I am. <laughs> 
Back when my boys were probably in elementary, middle school age, um, they had Coach Folds, and um, they knew the story about Mary Kate. And we were talking one night about how expensive it is to deal with the, the medical problems that Mary Kate had. And I really can't remember which one, but the boys wanted to give them money and they decided to recycle cans. And so we would recycle cans for a month and then we would give a $100 bill to the folds. And I would always tell them, use this for something fun, you know? And so we just wanted them to have a little bit um, of extra spending money to have some fun. And so, yeah, we recycled cans. That's cool. And what a great lesson for your, for your boys, too, to be able to learn that. So where did they get that? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I hope they got it from me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've, always been, I've always rooted for the underdog, and I was one of those kids in school that uh, wanted to be friends with the kid that was over by theirself. And um, I know Ethan uh, was a big proponent of that in kindergarten because he always came home with lies. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I hope they got a little bit of compassion from me. Yeah. They would tell you right now that I'm mean as a snake. I'm sure my children would and that I was tough on them, but uh, hopefully they got a little compassion from me. Well, t tell me about, if, if you want, if you feel comfortable about your, your nephew. So what what's the situation? How does that impact you? Can you relate to other people, to other kids? or? Absolutely. Um, at a very young age, he um, was in a situation where his parents were not able to um, take care of him um, the way he should be taken care of. And that's my brother. And um, so Chris lived with me off and on. Um, then he was at a, there was a time in my brother's life where he got things together. And so Chris went back to live with him. Um, my brother passed away 11 years ago. so. In that time period, Chris came back to live with uh, Mike and I. Um, he went through some um, some uh, parts of his life to where you know he was um, doing drugs, alcohol, um, went to Teen Challenge. That was the best thing ever for him. He turned his life around. He is now our biggest success, we say, because um, he, he, he really, uh, was in a place in his life to where he had hit bottom. Um, we did the kind of tough love stuff with him, and that's what he needed. Uh, my, my mother, his grandmother, was a, a, a big instrument in his life because the times he wasn't living with me, he was living with her. And so, uh, um, but she had the, the soft, cuddly kind of love and uh, which was good, he needed that too, but he also needed somebody to set boundaries for him, and that's what we did. Um, so yeah, I, I can see kids that struggle and realize, you know, their, their life at home is probably not the same uh, life at home that my children had. And uh, 
there are uh, different ways that you deal with those kids. Yeah, you have to set boundaries for them, but you also have to have the soft, cuddly love for them too. So absolutely, uh, Chris living with us gave us a new perspective on you know, how to deal with children that are raised differently, mm-hmm. I suppose. Have a different set of issues or don't necessarily exactly. come in from the same, like I said, background or, or that, that family support. Exactly. Um, yes. So having been through that, um, what, what is something that you would say to encourage a child who may be in a situation like that or to encourage a parent who has a child who may be struggling? What, what kind of advice or what would you say to that? Well, it's difficult as a, as a parent, I'll tell you that right now. Um, enabling uh, a, a child to stay in that situation um, is not helping them. And in the long run, it's not helping you. So I would tell a parent, you know, stick to your rules. Stick to um, what is right. Um, By all means, you know, pray over that child every single day, like you would any of your children. Um, But when when they stray, it's not the end. Um, I believe if a child sees that there's love, even though there's rules and expectations and boundaries, they may stray a little bit, but they'll come back. And so I would say always have hope. Um, uh, They're not defined by the actions that they're taking right now. You know, you don't define a kid by the times they screw up. You define them by their achievements and the goals that they have, and you just keep uh, pushing them. I think you have to push them toward the the right path. And uh, if you're a student in a situation to where your home life is not ideal, find a teacher. Find a teacher that you can trust, that you can talk to, that you can really pour out your heart, that you can be yourself with, and you can be truthful with. A lot of these kids, I think, they try to hide it, and they either hide behind a tough persona or they, um, they try to hide behind, um, I'm a victim, you know, and I need um, special, special treatment. And, yeah, I think they do need some kind of special treatment, but they don't have to be a victim. Um, so reach out and, and find that teacher that um, will listen. And, and they're all over this campus. Um, so... I guess that's the advice I have. Yeah, I think that's something that I've, I've heard in doing a couple of these conversations is that teachers understand that that just because you've been dealt this hand doesn't necessarily determine your outcome. Doesn't, doesn't mean you have to maintain or stay there. You can still bust out and be something different. Certainly. What do you want people to say or remember about you at your time at Lakeside, whenever that time comes? Well, this is probably the last year right here. Um, I just want them to say that I put the kids first and that um, that I didn't roll out the ball, that uh, I taught them life lessons, even in kindergarten first, you know. That's where you start molding these children and set, laying their foundation. And I just want to be a part of the foundation that is strong in their life. Um, I want them, I want people to uh, remember me as a healthy role model. Um, 
that I was, that I practiced what I preached, I guess. Track and field day. And this constant quest for winning. How does that impact you and your track and field events? Well, there is a, there is a place to win. Um, I think we all should strive to be our, uh, to do our very, very best at whatever we do, whether it's, you know, throwing the ball as far as we can or the sack race. But I also try to uh, tell the kids when it's not fun anymore, then we need to stop because uh, winning is not everything. And the kids will quote me on that because I'm constantly putting that in their head. And uh, if you stop having fun at the thing you love, then you need to move on to something else. One of my uh, big philosophies uh, that I've always tried to keep in the forefront of my mind while I was raising my own kids was uh, they carry a suitcase. And every day that suitcase is closing just a little bit. And I need to pack that suitcase for them with as many different life lessons as possible. And yeah, I want them to win, but I want them to be a good winner, but I want them to be able to handle losing too. And so, you know, that suitcase is gonna close someday and they're gonna carry that suitcase with them into their adult years. And I just hope that I've packed it with things that uh, will help them in life. And so any parent, I kind of have a speech at track and field that I tell the parents, um, you know, um, put your cell phone away. You know, these are important moments for the, for the kid. Um, when they fall down doing the sack race, laugh. Uh, they'll get back up. Let them have fun during these times because it's going to get harder and harder um, as the years go on. And you just want to make sure that your child has the ability to get back up on their own when you're not there. So I'm just going to roll through some quick hitters. What, uh, what is the last book you read? Actually, this morning I read the Bible. There you go. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite book? I don't have a favorite. I love any kind of murder mystery. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't really have a favorite. What about a favorite movie? Oh, no. I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs> okay, there's a reason for this. I love Pretty Woman. Okay. To me, that is the story of starting out in a in a, a, a bad situation and rising to the top. And of course, I love Julia Roberts. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I, I could have gone bad situation, rising to the top of like Rudy, but Pretty Woman also, <laughs> yeah. I guess, has the same. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's one of my favorites, yeah. Okay. Uh, what about your current TV show, your Can't Miss um, on the DVR, what do you watch? Well, I don't have a DVR. And Wait, hold I, on. You don't have a DVR? I don't have a DVR, no. There's nothing I really, you know, have to be home to watch or have to record, so I don't have a DVR. My all-time favorite series is Friends. Okay. You know, I love Friends, so I do watch the um, the um, uh, repeat uh, shows of Friends. Um, I'm a... a Criminal Minds, Law and Order, Blue Bloods, anything that has to do with uh, uh, cop shows. Not the reality cop shows. I'm not into that. I don't want to see what real people are doing. You don't to be want stupid. Dateline or 2020. No. Now I do. I do care. I do like those. But okay. the, you know, the uh, the reality cop shows when they're actually 
like cops. The, the cops, show. yeah. Yeah. I don't like to see people being stupid right there on my TV, yeah. but yeah. So how do you watch those shows if you don't have a DVR? I mean, I they're they have on cable. Okay. They they're okay. on cable. They have repeat shows. So yeah. That's great. Uh, so what's playing on in the radio on your car right now? Seventies. Seventies. Yeah. Favorite artist? All the seventies. I don't know. I don't really have a favorite. Yeah. No. Um, and then when you're not working, how do you spend your time? Or where are you going to be spending your time when you're not working in a year from now? Oh wow. Well, um, we're going to be building the house, so hopefully that'll take up some time. Um, I love to go to jazzercise. I love to exercise. I love to read. Um, I'm hoping that some uh, babies are going to be in my near future, you know, grandbabies, hopefully. So um, I plan to be pretty busy. I don't really know yet what that's going to be, um, but um, I plan to hopefully stay busy. Looking forward to that next stage. Yes. Uh, what's your favorite dessert? Well, I'm not really big on sweets, but if you were to put a bag of M&Ms in front of me, uh, it would be gone. <laughs> um, I am an M&M addict. I cannot eat just one. Um, I have literally eaten the two and a half pound bag in two days. So yeah, I don't eat uh, sweets very often because of that, yeah. but when I do, it's going to be an M&M. Plain M&Ms, peanut butter? Oh, there's not a bad M&M okay, out there. No. <laughs> there's not a bad one. Doesn't matter. What kind of, what sports do you teach? What kind of things do you do in the primary PE? Oh, wow. Well, we start with uh, volleyball, but we'll have beach balls, and they'll just hit them, you know, in the air on their own, and then we'll move on to soccer. Um, I teach them just the, the skills. We don't, we don't play a soccer game, but I teach them the skills they need. Um, we'll do basketball after that, and then I teach golf, putting, bowling, uh, tennis, um, Bago, all the track and field events. Um, we have a climbing wall. They'll uh, get to do the climbing wall. Um, I teach them about their body, their muscles and their bones, uh, how to eat healthily. Um, um, I'm sure there's more. I just can't come up with yeah, them. That's cool. Well, I think that, unless there's anything else you want to share. I think you've tapped me out. <laughs> All right. Hey. Well, good. You did good. Oh, wow. That was, that was awesome.